Hello, this is Sherrington Honeys, and it is time for another Change Show episode where we'll be looking at the stages of change as against processes of change and what really is happening in each stage as people go through that cycle of wanting to bring about behavioral change. I'll take a look at the trans theoretical model put forward by Di Clemente and Prokashka in 1983 and then by the addition of Norcross in 1992. So the trans theoretical model is an integrative biopsychosocial model to conceptualize the process of intended behavioral change. Whereas other model of behavioral change focus exclusively on certain dimensions of change, the trans theoretical model seeks to include and integrate key constructs from other theories in a comprehensive theory of change that can be applied to a variety of behavioral population and in a variety of behaviors and populations, sorry, and hence the name trans theoretical. Now, the stage of change lies at the heart of the trans theoretical model, and the study of change have found that people move through a series of stages when modifying behaviors. While the time a person can stay in each stage is varied, the tasks required to move to the next stage are not basically everything, and that's where the processes of change come in, okay? And this is what can also speak to why there is such a high level of relapse and lapse with people trying to bring about behavioral change, especially when it comes to addictive behavior, where they might have been lost of control with regards to substance use, abuse, or misuse, or where there's process addiction, and the person have lost control in the area of um, social impairment, or even control impairment or impairment control, the inability to control one behavior because they have been altering in the functioning in the prefrontal cortex or the cortex where the executive function uh, of uh, cognitive processing takes place. So that person may seem as if they're lazy or don't want to make the change, but no, there have been some altering in that region of the brain, so their ability to make cognitive responsible choices becomes diminished or limited. So in looking at what are the stages of change, we can see that in the trans-theoretical model, put forward by Di Clemente, Prakashka, and Nordcross, we're looking at five stages according to the stages of change by these three men. We have pre-contemplation, where it is generally noted that the person in that stage or people in that stage are not ready to change. There is contemplation. This is where people are getting ready to change. And then there is preparation, action, and maintenance. So preparation, of course, the person is ready to change and is going to 
bring about new behaviors to replace old behaviors that certainly wasn't serving them anymore or as we would say was maladaptive to things that they were doing or maintaining a certain behavior that wasn't in their best interest. Action is where there are new behaviors that replace the old behaviors and you are repeatedly trying to reinforce those actions or new behaviors with consistency and deliberate intention to replace the old behaviors that was no longer serving a purpose. I know the, the choice of words, deliberate intention to reinforce these new behaviors, to replace the old behaviors. And there's a reason why I'm stressing those things about old and new behaviors. Because we will know when a person is going back a stage or going back to another stage when there's a revert back to old behaviors. We know that to be the process of a relapse in place or a lapse in place of people trying to change behaviors. And finally, maintenance is recovery or where you're now trying to maintain the new behaviors that have been developed so that there's no reverting back to the old behaviors. People in the pre-contemplation stage, not ready, do not intend to take any action in the foreseeable future. It is put forward by the trans-theoretical model and usually measured at about the next six months. So this is a key point to note because it doesn't make sense if, based on the trans-theoretical model, that a person within the pre-contemplation stage is not contemplating to make any changes, not going to be motivated or have the self-efficacy to bring about any change in six months. But you admit them to a program for treatment for three weeks, but they're not going to make any change in six months. You see how within that six months period, even after they have finished three weeks of treatment, that they would have relapsed because they weren't ready to change. And that's the reason why the approach that I take to working with people for behavioral change, it is very important to get people ready for change. So change readiness is very important or get them motivated to change, where the self-efficacy is engaged and much higher and the likelihood that you will bring them to a place of contemplation, which is now getting ready to change. And the contemplation stages in which people intend to change in the next six months, they are more aware of the pros of changing, but are also acutely aware of the cons. Now, this is more putting ambivalence in another way of looking at the readiness for change. And ambivalence is not what is usually coined or termed as, okay, the person uh, don't um, have any desire or any interest in changing, so there's an ambivalence. From a behavioral standpoint, the way I work with people or from a REBT standpoint, a rationally emotive behavioral therapy uh, approach standpoint, we look at ambivalence as the person having just enough reasons for staying the same as enough reasons for wanting to change. So it's like an equal balance of enough reasons to change and enough reasons to stay the same. Until that scale can be tipped in favor 
of reasons for changing and then reinforce and get to a point where it's all the way up and the other, the reason for staying the same is all the way down, that person is not likely to change, see the need to change, be motivated to change, and if they do change, can be easily tipped back in favor of reasons for wanting to stay the same. So that is a tipping scale that when we talk about ambivalence, or in this case, where it talks about the pros and the cons, almost the same thing, but I think it speaks more to what is required to bring about self-efficacy and motivation and readiness for change and the willingness to change. When you look at it as the person have just the same amount of reason for staying the same as the reasons for wanting to change. And the duty of both you, the counselor or a support person, working with the person looking to change is to bring and tip that in favor of reasons to change. So that's quite a mouthful. So that is contemplation. And if we look at preparation now, preparation is the stage in which people intending to take action in the immediate future, usually measured as the next month. So you want to get that person in terms of a readiness for change and motivated to change so that they will contemplate and bring about change within the next month. So a person like this is ideal for a three-month or a 90-day program because if within the first month they're still working to buy-in and tip the scale in favor, very strong in favor of change, and then they've completed that within a month, you still have two more months in working to stabilize them, get them in action where they're practicing new behaviors and would have replaced old behaviors because the root cause of addictive behaviors is not the substance or not the process addiction. It is what are the root causes. And the root causes in most cases is an aversion to certain feelings and ways of thinking that bring about certain behaviors, one of which is using of substance to cope. So the final stage would be maintenance. And maintenance in this broadest category would be seen as how you are now reinforcing and repeating the new behaviors and consistently practicing them with deliberation, with an intention to make sure that those behaviors replace the old one that you no longer want to have because that will be considered a relapse. Now, added to the five stages that I just explained, the one that I'm usually very hesitant to talk about that is seen from other models of change, which would then see it as six stages of change, is relapse. Relapse is considered a stage because it's an opportunity to learn what probably isn't working or what opportunities are there to modify a plan of action that was in place for treatment and possible relapse prevention or recovery and maintenance of what are the new behaviors. So it is seen as an ad hoc or ad hoc stage but should be considered not something that will happen, but something that can happen and planning for it in the treatment plan or relapse prevention plan is very important because it's going to be needed to ensure that once a process of a lapse or relapse has started, you can have specific things that you know will work 
for you that you can, as I would like to say or usually say, arrest and rescue yourself from a lapse or a relapse. Thank you very much for listening. And in the next episode, as promised before, I will be looking at processes of change, how you use those processes between the stages to bring about change. Namaste. Hotep. Shalom. Thank mm-hmm. you.